saying that you're going to go to a gym and if you pick up weights you're going to look muscly is like i don't want to learn how to drive a car because i'm going to end up beating lewis hamilton in the formula 1 world championship hi this is karan hi this is mohit hey this is aditya and welcome to the boiled egg podcast I have two questions. One is related to nutrition, uh, and the other one is uh, specific to running. So a lot of people now that you know there's this lockdown happening, gyms are closed. Have been running a lot, mm-hmm. uh, and there are a lot of. Uh, I, I, I've been reading there are a lot of like things related to running. You know, just running on like hard surfaces, running on soft soil, and the impact it has on your knees, etc. So, what is like what is the right surface to run on? Uh, running on treadmills is another thing that i've been told that is, is pretty bad for you so uh, from your experience of training for triathlon and stuff do you have any suggestions or myths that you want to bust related to running from what little i know about running and uh, this is considering the fact that i've been running for a few years now i still consider what i know about running is little because it's kind of specific to my experience with running not necessarily because i i am i'm not necessarily an endurance coach because that's not what i have learned and uh, coach people about but running again is a very individual kind of an aspect i would say running on concrete yes because concrete you know uh, it doesn't absorb the impact and running by itself if you look at it from a purely mechanics perspective you're subjecting your body to an impact that is more than your body weight because you're landing hard on one foot so the foot is absorbing so lack of uh, impact that is at least one and a half to twice your body weight so considering Ooh. that uh, it has an impact on your joints for sure now the one way to alleviate that is to make sure that your muscles are strong because uh, the reason why you start feeling pain in your joints is because your muscles aren't able to move around properly and there's no strength to absorb the impact primarily i would say uh, running if your running form is good running people think it's something like you know it's a biomechanical activity everybody does it and you know it, it's not it's not something that requires a lot of uh, skill but it is in fact a skill based activity something as simple as you know something that a lot of people learn through the experience of running is how important your core strength is because if your core isn't strong your body isn't upright you start slouching forward your shoulders drop forward your head your head drops down you're basically just dragging yourself so that has an impact on your lower back your shoulders uh, your hips everything so if you're running with bad form on a bad surface it will be bad for you if you're running one really good runner one of the guys that uh, literally you know showed me my place in that 10k that I was talking about he he was saying this in in a recent talk that he gave that um, there's a lot of fluff in the market as far as running shoes are concerned mm. so they talk about cushioning they talk about uh, padding and all of that again it's not like one shoe fits all feet are different the kind of surfaces that people run on are different just because the world's fastest marathon runner is using a certain type of shoe doesn't mean that it will be good for you again it kind of boils down to this the point that i made earlier about how it depends mm. the safest way i would say is find a shoe that is comfortable find something that keeps your uh, Uh, feet safe if you're running make sure that uh, you're running with as much knowledge as possible about running like mm. talk to a running coach everything any physical activity i would say you know even something as simple as a zumba class sorry if i'm offending any zumba trainers by calling zumba simple but uh, you know no offense i mean it might be complicated i don't know i'm just saying a lot of people think that zumba is just about dancing but it might be more complicated than that i don't know disclaimer but anything any form of activity if you're stepping into it for the first time you need to have a coach or you need to talk to someone who has more experience than you with that activity to put things in perspective i know i've watched triathletes who train indoors completely mm. triathlons basically an outdoor activity but they people yeah. who swim who train in infinite pools that they've set up in their basement they run on treadmills for hours together and they train on a trainer instead of you know training outside there's some people who do not who absolutely don't run on a treadmill they swim only in open water and they only use the cycle outdoors they don't have any equipment as such indoors for them mm-hmm. to train 
so and these people the people who train indoors completely have more often than not uh, finished uh, in the top 10 of an elite championship so it basically depends you know there's a training modality that you like and if it really works for you you use that you run on treadmills you run outdoors you run on concrete wherever but make sure that doing whatever activity that you're doing with complete implication complete uh, not complete as much knowledge as possible because no knowledge is essentially complete so, it's very interesting like with, with i i would assume that the people who trained outdoors in the actual environment where the competition is going to happen would be the ones who would perform better because they are actually doing like full simulation of the activity right. than the people who are training indoors yeah because there's so many factors to consider when you're training i mean i'm using an example of elite athletes based off of what i have seen about them do but what they're going mm-hmm. through on a daily basis the kind of food they eat the amount of sleep they get the kind of uh, training that they've done until this point in time you know what were they doing before youtube and social media existed mm. how they trained when they were in school high school or college no idea what was the nutrition like what is their what kind of environments did they train in was it a high altitude environment was it like you know you know high humidity environment did they train in high temperature environments all of that has a factor that plays into how exactly you're training so it's really hard to give like a definitive answer to any question as to if some particular method is right if running on the surface is bad if the shoe is good for you or not it's very uh, i mean fitness in general if i talk about it it depends on the individual that you're talking about when you come up with that question so if you're asking me this question i'm going to give you the answer based off of assuming or maybe i'll ask you another question to understand where your question is coming from so i can give you an answer that's more specific based off of your circumstances and the kind of answers that you are looking for how would uh, how would you think the or how would the world be if there would be no youtube training videos what would what would the people do i mean coming to think of it i'm just wondering how would like how was training pre youtube era right it was the gym era mm-hmm. for us uh, where you had the trainer saying you know okay go do these 10 things or 10 reps and come back and then i'll tell you what to do next but now uh, the way you know everything has changed i wonder if we if and when we ever sort of go back to that uh, world like like covid times right let's say if there's a blackout of uh, content online there's no digital content accessible how would training change what would people do if i talk about how things are on youtube right now or in in general yeah. it's the media hmm. let's this is just the internet for that matter yeah. so this con- i mean the people who are putting out really good content and are communicating that in the right manner possible it's basically up to the consumer to understand whether you know to do their due diligence instead of just okay someone is doing this a routine let me try that routine now uh, uh i've been victim to that initially when um, i started training that okay someone's doing this routine it's working for them because of that routine they're able to achieve this so let maybe that will work for me too and uh, more often than not i didn't see any uh you know positive impact as such because i didn't uh look at the big picture so to speak right. so if i use that same kind of mapping to people who don't have as much uh, information about training or anything they're bound to hurt themselves or injure themselves if they don't do the exercises properly so that's one part of it now they can also start researching you know maybe they've seen the video and they're already in contact with someone who's familiar with training they could start discussing with that person depending on who that person is now if that person is you know a fitness enthusiast who has a certain mindset that okay you know this is the best form of training because this works for me that person could possibly just diss that other sort of training say that no that doesn't work do what i'm doing that's the right answer which is again misleading because it's not specific it's not answering the person's the person who put the question across he didn't get the answer that he or she is looking for it's tough to actually say whether the content is good or bad depending on the person who's consuming at least as far as fitness is concerned person is putting the content out might be doing it as you know this is something that has worked for me maybe they're just doing it for attention or you know just to get more followers or whatever that's one that's another aspect of it there's some people who've done who studied years and years kinesiology they've studied biomechanics biochemistry and what not and they have the right kind of knowledge there's some people who have that knowledge and cannot communicate it effectively so that could be misleading there's some people who in fact there are very few people who have that knowledge and can communicate it effectively hmm. but then are they do they have a system where they can reach a wider audience or not 
there's that issue there also so i think in in covid times if people who have the right kind of knowledge are able to establish the right kind of channels where they're able to communicate effectively to people as to you know what can be done in terms of you know fitness or exercise and if people understand that it's kind of like people who are looking to be fit without having a lot of knowledge have the tools to actually do it now as in to reach the right kind of to do their research find out uh, you know either by word of mouth or through online articles you know see the kind of um, success that certain trainers have had how they talk a lot of people do these one minute videos on instagram where they talk about you know they try and break down things in a simpler in a really simple manner right? so that you know even a lay person can understand somebody who has like an example i gave someone who who's understood bio who studied biomechanics talks in all scientific terms and latin terms about muscle imbalances you know triple joint flexion uh, iliopsoas muscles and stuff like that athlenex okay we're taking names <laughs> I mean, why not? Uh, Jeff Cavalier is pretty good, actually. I would say he's and but uh, when he's explaining uh, exercises and routines, he puts it across in a manner that is scientific and also something that people with training experience will understand. Now, if I show that video, if I ask someone who has no understanding of training uh, or is just looking to start exercise to watch that video and understand what he's talking about, they won't know what he's saying. They'll just look at the exercise and say, "Okay, I should try this exercise." Long story short. there's a lot of information out there people out with good intentions but they're and some people are putting it out just because they want to show that you know they're capable of doing something you know like a personal achievement and kind of like accountability in terms of some people like to an extent i did that because it was kind of like you know blogging accountability as to like you know if i do it and i put it out there it's like you know i'm i have that personal goal some people it kind of motivates people to do that that you know if i'm putting this out every day it's like i'm have an online diary of my activity kind of a thing it's about so and if people watch okay. that it's basically for people to understand that okay this person is doing it just to show okay this person can do that but then when they're watching videos of people putting out information that will help others it's for them to understand okay this is for me to learn understand and apply this is this is like great context across like a lot of activities uh I, i'd love to jump into nutrition mm-hmm. uh karan mar do you guys have any specific questions related to nutrition you want to ask questions? yeah i want to know what are your thoughts on intermittent because that's the coolest thing right now <laughs> in my part of, right. in my world so yeah <laughs> so uh, i'm not a certified nutritionist so i can't really speak to how things need to be done or how things work but i can give insight as to what my understanding of intermittent fasting is yeah yeah so like i mentioned earlier the one of the main uh, foundations of losing weight or managing weight is your calorie intake let's let's say let's call it managing weight some people might want to put on weight you know build muscle or whatever it is or some people want to lose weight so managing your weight depends on how much your physical activity is versus how much you're consuming now if you take intermittent fasting as an example it's basically another method of managing your calorie intake so depending on how much weight you want to lose or how your da- depending on what your daily routine is like a lot of people who work and a lot of people that i know are more comfortable working late hours at night so mm. waking up early and having breakfast may not be an option for them so it's possibly just lunch and dinner that they can have say someone goes to bed at um, 2 am 2 or 3 am they need 8 to 9 hours of sleep so they're up only by 11 o'clock once they're up they have a cup of coffee and then they have lunch and then they have dinner so just two meals that's in a way intermittent fasting <laughs> so i have a question related to this which is a lot of people like obviously don't eat for a very long period of time and then eat just like one or two meals but is it important as to what they eat in those one or two meals is also key and not that they can eat anything yeah because intermittent this pitch says you know eat all you want and just stay hungry for like 16 hours or 18 hours or whatever right <laughs> no <laughs> yeah, no because here's the thing i mean assumption largely I'm, is that you can you can eat you know whatever you want <laughs> i mean that's how i can put it yeah so let me explain like what i started doing and i want to get like your uh, thoughts on this which is so i end up doing intermittent fasting so i only eat at like between like 12 and 6 12 in the afternoon to 6 in the evening i eat whatever i want but then i realized that uh, i wasn't getting all of the nutrients that i needed in the meals that i was consuming 
that's when I switched to supplementation, you know, like multivitamin and stuff. So does that work? Like, uh, does it make sense? Or is it going to start harming my body in the future? I don't know. From what I know and what I think is easiest to apply is um, eat as natural food as possible. So even in those, even if if it works for you, first of all, uh, a certain diet isn't like the end all, be all end all solution to what you're trying to achieve from a health perspective, I would say. The idea is uh, a lot of the reasons why people generally do these kind of, uh, have these, follow these kind of approaches is from a goal of losing weight or maintaining weight for that matter, since, uh, you know, it, they might be losing or gaining weight depending on what their goals are. So the idea is to make sure that the kind of food that you're having is to know the kind of food that you're having. It's not only limited to the, f- the protein, fat, and the carb content of your food, but also take into consideration the micronutrients that are important. So it is... Exactly. So if I'm eating, like, say, a burger or a pizza every day between 12 to 6, and I'm supplementing the nutrient deficit that I'm not getting from those food items with, like, multivitamins, mm-hmm. does that work? So that... To get answers to those questions, you would have to talk to a nutritionist. So for before getting into any food, any diet pattern, so to speak, or any approach in terms of how you're nourishing yourself in terms of nutrition, uh, the first step is to talk to a nutritionist. Always. What is your take on supplementation, like uh, multivitamins? It depends. So do you do? Uh, I do, do you take because, any supplements? Uh, I have a basic idea of what I'm lacking in my natural foods, which is why I take supplements. So I'm working with a coach right now, someone who's uh, keeping track of um, not not keeping like tabs on what I'm eating, but guiding me as to, you know, what sort of foods I need to eat, what sort of calorie range I need to be in to achieve my goals better. Through that understanding, what I've learned is my protein intake has been very low in the past, uh, like in general. So for that purpose, he suggested that I get some protein powder just to fill that gap in terms of what requirement I need to have. This, uh, the, I do take multivitamins solely because of the fact that my, my consumption of uh, fresh fruits and vegetables isn't as high as it's supposed to be. So a lot of citrus, I don't, okay. if I'm having um, citrus fruits or fruits that are rich in vitamin C on a regular basis, I don't need to supplement with vitamin C. If I'm having eggs on a regular basis, I don't need to supplement with vitamin D3 and B12. If I'm having carrots or, you know, orange colored foods regularly in my diet, I don't need vitamin A. Buffalo chicken is orange colored. <laughs> I'm talking about natural colored foods. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Even chicken 65 is orange. I was like, hey, I'm eating all of this. All of this is check, check, check. <laughs> so when, I'm, when I'm talking about colored foods, I'm talking specifically about food, the natural color of food. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So one... Um, the easiest reference to give is whenever you're eating foods, natural foods, especially fruits and vegetables, to have food uh, that is, you know, in all possible colors. So, like, you know, generally, brinjal, uh, aubergine, for that matter, is considered rich in iron. So, purple-colored foods, like purple cabbage or brinjal, iron-rich foods, have them. Uh, if you're having natural foods on a regular basis, that's what, you know, people call a balanced diet, supplementation won't be necessary. The reason why supplementation becomes necessary is primarily if there are some sort of food allergies or if you're not getting enough nutrition from natural food sources. So that's what supplements are. It's to add on to something that is not sufficient. It shouldn't become a replacement. Exactly. And it should be a small percentage of that. It shouldn't be like uh, that is a major major, uh, source of your nutrition as well. Uh, There have been something that I noticed about me in my experiences at one point in time I ended up having more protein through the supplements than I was having through natural food. That actually kind of, I came came across a discovery through reverse engineering, so to speak, because I started feeling a little bit more bloated because I was having more protein from a protein supplement than from natural protein food. Because the protein, yeah, that's how even I felt. Yeah, with like more protein powders, I felt more bloated than just eating just chicken or fish. Right. So natural food sources are always better because they're more complete and uh, they, it's not isolated as such because mostly the supplements that you have, they're isolated because uh, it's all listed out in, you know, the bottles yeah. and, you know, yeah, protein isolate, yeah. exactly. So 
it's only supposed to supplement what you're naturally having i would say since we're talking about uh, like right. protein and everything and chicken and fish uh, what do you think about uh, like vegan diets and this is not vegan diets from the point of view that people are allergic or are vegetarian like by religion or culture mm-hmm. but people who are like hardcore non vegetarian uh, let's say non vegetarians who made the shift to to vegan diets for for a purely health point of view mm-hmm. completely keeping aside you know animal cruelty and all of those other things mm-hmm. doctor nutritionist <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what i would what say my opinion, opinion doctor nutritionist first because if one if someone is switching from any any change that you're making like uh, that affects your health you need to talk to someone who understands uh, what that change will actually uh, you know result in cause and effect kind of a thing okay you know if you right. change this how will it affect me from a health perspective and someone who has a holistic understanding of nutrition will be able to provide a better idea in terms of what one change how it's going to affect you like if you're giving if if you're talking about something like vegan like turning vegan it depends on where you're coming from and where you're heading as well so if you if you're talking about complete like if you're someone who has if you're a non vegetarian and you're having mostly seafood and now you plan to turn vegan so you're cutting out protein basically that's the kind of what what sort of nutrients are going to be missing out on that can be replaced by vegan sources fish is known to have omega 3 which is really good for you know general heart health and what not cardiovascular health so that's a form of fat that is fatty fish basically you could say protein for sure so when you're having any vegan uh, when you're switching to you need to have vegan foods that are omega 3 rich rich in fat and your protein also should be taken care of avocados are known to be like avocados actually have a very eggy taste to them mm. so that could be one option that you know you switch to have more avocados if you're turning vegan but then again it's more fat it's uh, more calories whether you whether it ties into the kind of goals that you have with regards to weight management all that is again another discussion to have with the nutritionist to understand okay let me flip this question then which is is non vegetarian like is non veg food like animal like animal protein bad for you we've, we've seen like a bunch of these documentaries like game changers and everything mm-hmm. where they clearly show that anyone who consumes non veg is not going to be great in bed like that was like the thing that they showed <laughs> which like stuck to everyone and like oh my god i'm not going to consume meat anymore mm-hmm. because they did the they did the overnight test mm-hmm. if you haven't watched the documentary go watch the documentary but yeah like what is that is that true is that a myth or should, would you say talk to a nutritionist again so from a from a personal opinion i think that documentary is like reality tv for someone who's interested in training it's a interesting uh, perspective basically <laughs> all documentaries are is that all documentaries do you mean? at least at least as far as the game changes is concerned that's my opinion because i find that to be i mean you could you could call it whatever there are many labels you could put to it i can you can call it a conspiracy you can call it um, just you know uh, a glorified advertisement i would say it's just it's basically a biased documentary because a lot of uh, claims that they made in it aren't necessarily true can you call out some of them so one thing that i recall is them talking about uh, the amount of protein in a peanut butter sandwich hmm they, they had some reference they had some reference to a certain <laughs> yeah, food type and then they said it has a protein peanut butter sandwich has as much protein as uh, some other food but then they don't go that- to talk about how much fat or how many calories that peanut butter actually has apart from that so they're only talking about the protein content I, uh, i'm not sure about the numbers but uh, i know for i know that one tablespoon of um, peanut butter one tablespoon is like what 15 grams roughly that is 100 calories so basically you take you have two and normally pe- with peanut butter you know people won't have just one tablespoon it will be two or three tablespoons and that's 300 calories already gone out of those 300 calories the num- the amount of protein that you're getting is roughly maybe 30 calories mm-hmm. 30 to 30 to 40 calories maybe more i mean you can fact check me but uh, it's a, it's not a high percentage you can get that amount of protein from three eggs yeah basically so there are these uh, biased biased uh, claims that are made in the documentary and the 
the problem i see and i'm coming back to the same point that i made earlier where um, i was talking about how content is available and how people are consuming it mm. so if people are people watch that and they think oh they're saying it so it must be true as far as digital media nowadays is concerned or any form of media for that matter fact checking is absolutely important because someone will claim that on what basis are they making that claim do your research read up about it read articles get that knowledge or talk to someone who knows about it talk to someone who has the knowledge about these things so that you are more informed in terms of making those decisions like if i had to give an talk to your nutritionist <laughs> always talk to the expert exactly i think i think that's a good uh, takeaway from all of this right like i i, I think even i uh, succumb to a lot of these online things and everything that i read game changers so now that's our game changers for two weeks i i switched to a completely vegetarian diet but i think what i'm learning from this is that you need something do your research but also talk to an expert in this case if you have access to a nutritionist talk to them before you make big changes to your to your diet and see if it even makes sense for you or not yeah yeah and it also depends completely on how like you said yeah. it's very individualistic like for example for me i loved being on the keto diet having that high fat high protein diet and it worked for me it made me feel better made me work out much more better and all of that the same thing let's say i've spoken to a couple of people where they felt like absolute crap on the keto diet they were like that's not for me it doesn't work for me at all and then the same thing the vegan diet has made them feel like amazing so yeah i think it depends from person to person body to i think body that's the key thing with diets well. right at the end of the day if you shouldn't take up a diet that doesn't make you feel good and that it's not sustainable a lot of people do these short stint diets uh, i don't know maybe it works for them but for me i've realized that if i don't eat if i start eating what i'm eating uh, and i don't feel good about it then it's not working it's not sustainable the general rule i would say is to sure. make small changes and keep it sustainable mm-hmm. so like to the to the point you made about uh, these crash diets or you know short term diets that people go on more often than not when you switch back to your regular form of eating all the changes that your body has undergone because of that are undone uh, at a high at a very simple level what i could possibly suggest is if you're changing anything whether it's with regards to your training or your nutrition uh do it in a manner that you're able to understand what exactly how exactly your body is responding to that change and um, whether it's a positive change or a negative change however it is so something as simple as um, reducing the amount of um, salt that you add to your food mm. normally food with high sodium content has links to how much water your body retains so if on days that you have you know if you're tracking your weight on a daily basis for example if you have um, uh, you know something that's rich in sodium food that's rich in sodium on one day let's like say you had pizza for dinner the next morning if you check your weight your weight will be a little high and that day if you have food that is more natural just fresh fruits vegetables salad with less salt the next few days you will see that you know your weight has come down slightly so that just that basic yeah. that minor change you know like it oh. could possibly or something as simple as the amount of salt that you add to your food if you're having like your regular like you know just in south india it's like you know rice vegetables and dal that's like a standard thing in every meal and that itself if you're if you know if you're involved in the cooking process if you ha- add say one day you just add a little extra salt to your food you, and the next day you don't have as much salt and you're checking your weight every 24 hours you will see a bit of a difference that's just a crude example that i would say but these minor changes maybe you know you see you start reducing the quantity of rice that you have in your meals so then you notice that okay you know that has an impact in terms of how my weight is fluctuating so you you tracking your food tracking your weight if you want to do it in a manner that you want to learn to under, learn how your body is responding to food then tracking definitely helps i mean earlier before we had all the tools and apps that we have at our disposal it was a lot more difficult for people to keep track of things like this because they didn't have knowledge readily available as such or tools that basically calculated how many calories the food that you're having is currently you know then it made sense to talk to to you know actually follow diets like someone said okay you know have two chapatis a bowl of 
dal, uh, a salad and some greens on the side for lunch and for dinner you have the same thing with a bit of few changes here and there so that diet was prepared by a nutritionist who understood how many calories went into each of those items because they understood the calorific value of each of those ingredients or each of those food items that that person is consuming so they did that research they did that um, calculation and they're able to give you that diet saying that okay you have this you will lose weight as time progressed the people who actually wanted to do their research understand the process as to you know how exactly the body is responding to food the kind of food that they have then they got a better understanding of it and you're able to and the benefit of doing that research now considering the level of access you have to tools and apps is that you're able to make minor changes to your food and see that impact on your health at uh, the other end people are like okay just give me a diet plan and follow it it may not be the best for you like a diet that works for karan may not work for mohit may not work for altia may not work for me like karan just mentioned you know some people they responded really well to keto some people respond well to vegan and some people it didn't work for them at all mohit i have a question for you how has your body responded to meal in a bottle and what are your thoughts on it since uh, you are one of the fortunate ones amongst us right who is living in the future so please i i think it works for me again for those who don't know meal in a bottle is uh, you get all of your nutrients in an entire meal which is like roughly 400 to 500 calories packed in a bottle the base protein is uh, is either through source from soy or peas and initially i was averse to the idea but in like a pretty tight and hectic schedule when you don't have time to have say lunch or breakfast you just grab a bottle and it satiates, satiates. enough and so i think it's worked for me but for a lot of people the 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 concept doesn't work they don't like drinking their their food they want to eat proper food they want to like chew into food um, and taste food maybe no i mean this tastes like it's like strawberry milkshake or chocolate milkshake so it's not that bad but i would say that uh, just sticking to meal in a bottle all three meals or four meals in a day i'm not a nutritionist i wouldn't recommend it because i feel like your body will not know how to process like solid food beyond a point if you continue doing it uh, but then again i'm not an expert talk to your nutritionist if that's something that you want to explore uh, if it makes sense for you you have the right guidance go ahead and do it but in my case i just stick to just one meal in a day which is uh, which is meal in a bottle and so far it's worked it's been at least a year two years now i get regular health checks done my energy levels are pretty good my my blood levels look good so it's working that's basically one third of your meal in a day the other two thirds is natural food anyway right so yeah, yeah. it's 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 still okay i would say it's you can consider that third meal basically like a supplement exactly yeah. that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. you can see it as a yeah. supplement but not as your core uh, core meal yeah, yeah. core like, food intake in like intermittent fasting with an extra meal in a bottle yeah so i break the fast like the meal in a bottle at like 12 o'clock yeah. in the afternoon and then between like 12 and 6 that's when i eat like other foods like maybe fruits nuts and like towards the later part of the day like 5 36 like a proper meal like dal rice or chicken and stuff so you had mentioned about you training people and uh what do you say training coaching you know quite a few people over a period of time i just want to get into the mental aspect of fitness you know because i mean everybody wants to be fit but not everybody have that mental fortitude to you know actually achieve that fitness or somewhere down the way like even for me for example i've been it's it's an on and off thing it's not consistent it's not sustainable uh, even though i think around now my diet has sustained till a certain extent where like at least 5 to 6 days a week i am on a proper diet and stuff like that uh I just wanted to understand what are the how do you make sure that you build that mental fortitude to follow up on your fitness and how do you go about that thing and if there are any examples or something that you can share of how somebody has changed or something on those lines something that you have witnessed through your experience it varies from person to person like the way that I started with fem fitness was um basically handling the strength and conditioning aspect of the group classes so group fitness training is what what was the main uh, kind of classes that we were conducting 
and each class would have like eight to ten people. Each person is different. Some people are. I mean, the most common goal was to lose weight. For some people, it was about uh, we wanted to balance it out. So, Femme Fitness started off basically like uh, an aerobics and a conditioning class, like batch basically, and then kind of grew from there. So, aerobics itself is one part of uh, the fitness aspect. The strength training part is also more an important part of it. So that's where I would step in and try and coach people regarding that. A few people were more interested in doing only aerobics because that was the fun aspect of training for them. Because it's music, there's a lot of activity, it's continuous, there are no breaks in between. It's kind of like a you know high energy session. The strength. So after a point in time, your body starts kind of adapts to that activity, and you stop you stop seeing changes as such. Initially. when you're doing aerobics and what not then you see change and you're like okay this is really working so the mental aspect the part where it kind of becomes difficult for most people is when you stop seeing changes so that's when people tend to drop off of a particular uh, program or uh, you know try doing something drastically different just to elicit that change because in the beginning when your body is kind of adapting to something new the changes are more drastic there you start seeing a lot of changes in the first few weeks yeah, of when you start true. training and then later on it sort of hits a plateau and then that's where focusing on the individual becomes more important the challenge talking the muscles okay. uh no, I mean, that doesn't work for everyone at least if uh, if it looking at it from that perspective that was what motivated arnold to to you know push beyond his limits and basically get to where he finally got because he had that drive not everybody is training to win mr universe to win mr olympia for some people it's as simple as losing weight if and if you tell a lot of people that you know just by having this pill you're going to lose weight they 10 out of 10 people would buy it 9 out of 10 i i know i'm i'm creating the 10% but there's some people who understand the science but most the general population so to speak would try and go for an easy solution mm-hmm. so the challenge the mental aspect of this uh, of training is i think coaches basically need to understand how to communicate to their clients uh, as to what goals uh, in a manner that they find more uh, sustainable for them in order to achieve their goals so if you're talking about the mental aspect if you're if um, someone isn't showing up to your sessions or someone is skipping sessions for whatever reason having that communication with them is important to understand what is why exactly they are there i've had clients who uh you know showed up for sessions without missing a single session four five months in a row the only time they took a break was because if they were traveling on work but otherwise three four days a week how many ever sessions we we would have they would show up for each other sessions there some people who would show up for the first for the sessions that were only aerobics related but not for the strength training sessions because they said i have more fun in aerobics strength is not exactly you know i don't enjoy it as much so i won't so i'm only going to be there for the aerobics sessions some people will show up for two classes then the next few days they won't be there because they are sore and then because the body is just learning to adapt they don't like that uh, feeling of being sore so then they would stop attending the sessions for a while and then they would start again so the kind of you know occasional seesaw kind of an approach to the training aspect now in a group class it becomes difficult because there are quite a few people that you need to pay attention to but uh, one of the things that we took up uh, on ourselves as coaches as part of m fitness is to give more attention to the individual person so you understand and we would try and keep the number of people into a batch limited to maybe 10 or 12 people tops we would add more people if we felt that they are at a physical level wherein they don't need a lot of monitoring in the group sessions but for the most part individual attention was important because not everyone would perform to the same level quite a few times post class post the sessions i would talk to someone if they missed a session or if uh, i noticed that they were struggling with their movements to understand from their perspective what it is so work stress lack of sleep a couple of times there's some people who were really good and uh, they they would show up for sessions even if they just slept for maybe 3 or 4 hours the previous night so there's um, sometimes we would have these there are a couple of batches that I was handling that started at 5:30 in the morning and uh, generally ask people who would show up for that session the first question is how was your sleep last night so some of them would be like i've had late uh, uh, i had late night calls at oh, okay. i went to bed at 2 o'clock i'd be like that's okay can skip today's session we'll catch up at the next session i tell them to go get some rest before the work day starts because not enough sleep again training without enough sleep has a negative effect and then they have to get through the entire day again 
So th- things like these would um, kind of give the members that it's it's not about telling them what to do, but to give them an understanding of how important certain aspects of their health are. Like you know, getting enough sleep is important. Uh, if you don't have enough sleep, how it affects your stress levels, and that has a that has a direct impact on your mental state. So if you are so if someone is if i didn't ask this question people would show up to the class with minimal sleep they would train through the session and then they would feel lethargic through the day the day isn't productive enough the next day is affected it kind of has a cascading effect to it and that like that affects them mentally so if i make right. sure that my True. that the members of the class of the particular batch or my or you know people who i'm training on a one to one basis as well if i make sure that these basic aspects the amount of sleep that they've had how their uh, stress levels are how they how the kind of foods that they're having the hydration levels just at a very basic level having that understanding as to how they're doing that definitely translates into having more conversations regarding what motivates them what drives them so that kind of a psychological aspect makes a difference so i would start from there to understand that the basic bases are uh, covered Right. and then yeah at least your so basic expectations are set then we can get into the training part as to you know what exercises you like doing what movements you're more familiar with in a group class there's only so much variety that you can incorporate but then again when you get into training them one on one it's basically right. whatever makes sense for them so now with lockdown are you are you still taking online uh, are you taking online classes coaches sessions so the clients that i've um, that i feel require more one to one attention at least you know who require that uh, form correction making sure that they are doing the exercises properly i have taken a break from training them right now because what works uh, training them online would be a bit more challenging uh, i wouldn't want them to put themselves in a situation where you know i'm doing a session with them and they didn't do the exercise the way that it was intended to do and it causing more yeah. harm than good for for members who are familiar with the movements that i've given them who i know for a fact if i tell them what exercises that they can do it without any supervision i mean i've had personal training clients to whom i just tell them okay this is the routine i'm just going to stand there all i'm doing is standing there watching them making sure they do things okay and the only effort i put in in those sessions sometimes is telling them what exercise to do and having conversations in in between you know just making sure they're taking the right kind of breaks between sets making sure they're getting enough rest in between these are the for those clients i just have to give them the routine they do it and they just message me at the end of the day saying that okay i've done this i have a bit of an issue with this exercise can you change that up for me or something like that so depending on the client some of them i'm still training but uh, yeah covid definitely has had an impact especially with the group fitness training classes because me personally i tend to walk around when before the whole lockdown has happened for covid hit us my style of coaching was basically to walk around the class make sure that everyone is doing the exercise in the right manner possible and without that interaction i don't feel that my coaching is as effective it's um, did, did, are you open to taking on other helping people during the time of lockdown by providing some sort of online guidance for sure depending on what questions they have and uh, to what level that i could uh, provide the right kind of answers to those questions for sure so if if someone wants to get uh, guidance or coaching yeah how do they get in touch with you uh i'm macro instagram i try not Twitter. to uh, i mean i'm i do have a full time yeah. job as well so kind of like and covid times has kind of increased the number of hours i spend with the full time job so i haven't been uh, active as much on social media right. but can someone just dm you on instagram and then you can uh, take things over from there yeah absolutely Okay, we'll uh, add your Instagram handle in the description. Yeah, I think I think we covered quite a bit. If there's one last thing, one one last question I wanted to ask you was, let's say for somebody who's not been into fitness or whatever, what would three things that you say to them be to make sure that they get onto the fitness board, they grow and achieve their goals? I would say be mindful of the of uh, the kind of food that you eat. Make sure. Um, you get enough rest you sleep well and do some sort of physical activity daily yeah yeah anything no matter just what, move around move, I mean, a lot of a lot of times i've heard this term thrown around and 
I thought it was just you know some one of those motivational phrases, but movement is medicine. The way that you know, physiologically humans have been designed to move. So any sort of physical activity you do, I mean, in the whole lockdown situation, uh, you know, social interactions have reduced. You basically interacting with people is down to your immediate family. So you know, household chores, cleaning the house, that itself is some sort of activity. So I would say that. you know going for walks just taking the stairs whenever possible i know it sounds cliched that but that definitely has an impact and uh, it kind of ties into what i was talking about earlier regarding calorie expenditure the number of steps you take activity trackers basically count the number of steps you take because it's uh, it's one sort of physical activity where you're moving around right start from that i would say and um, right physical activity doesn't have to be limited to going to a gym or following a set routine you can do anything that you find enjoy, that you enjoy and it's it's a lot easier to make it a habit if it is an activity that you enjoy doing me personally i like exercising i have a fascination and affinity towards calisthenics i like the whole process which is why i am able to do it on a regular basis and maintain that consistency now that may not be something that is interesting to someone who has other interests it's more about and it is difficult for someone to 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 expect someone to follow that routine or to get into that pattern of you know doing exercise on a regular basis if if they don't have a, an interest in it. if it comes down to a point where their health is at risk if they don't exercise that's more like a desperate situation to be in and a lot of people wouldn't want to be in that situation it could be something like right. you know if you, if you the people that i've met who don't like going to the gym they rather play some sport outdoors and in a you know some just uh, something as simple as you know one of one one client that i had she really didn't like going to a gym she didn't want to use weights or anything she just said i want to do some sort of i li- i like skipping rope i said perfect just do that for like 10 15 minutes a day if you want you can increase it to maybe 30 minutes a day or something like that but start small and she she mentioned that you know she was she used to do that when she was in school but then life happened and that physical activity kind of came to a standstill and i said okay just do that for like 5 10 minutes a day you can do it in the, the balcony of your apartment the backyard of your house you don't really need a lot of space to do to use a jump rope so just do that and that's been helping so it could be something as simple as that there's some clients who really love dancing so some of the members who i said were interested in aerobics i just said just put on a video on youtube you know just put on your phone stream it to your tv just follow along that itself is enough 15 20 minutes of dancing some physical activity that way you know it also kind of uh, makes you feel good if you're doing an activity that you actually enjoy so it has that uh, overall it uplifts your mood so the benefits to that as well or just get chased by your dog <laughs> it's great to dog you have a pet have dog with your dog pets play with your pets yeah definitely just move people just move stop <laughs> sitting on your couches i think it's even more important with the you know being locked locked in that uh, you move around otherwise you just can't kind of like turn to a statue at home <laughs> this is where we plug in our sponsorship of uh, a standing desk right. which we are yet to get but this is the placeholder for that <laughs> <laughs> now this is where you go for long walks and runs and listen to our podcast yeah what a guy what a guy <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Overall, this was this was great. This was super right. helpful. Thanks for joining us. The big takeaways, at least for me personally, yeah, awesome. are identify like what your clear fitness goals are. Find the right person who can train you or coach you to do it. Don't blindly follow random diets. Talk to your nutritionist another if you have thing, access to one. Another thing I'd like to mention: do not take a celebrity's fitness advice. <laughs> That is absolutely important. <laughs> because they are basically doing what their fitness trainers are telling okay the so specific to their body their their right. so anything that you think and they have the time and money to achieve and do it because i think a large part of their profession especially at least in acting and all of that is to look good and you know be fit exactly. if you're in an action I mean, no no disrespect to the celebrities they're putting so, in the effort and what not but for people to blindly follow what they're doing and what um, uh 
you know how they've transformed themselves for a particular role or you know for whatever reason you want to find you want to find out what exactly they did talk to their coach and if you can actually afford paying the kind of fees that they're paying those coaches go ahead but <laughs> go to the source always with any information right. any articles you read any videos you watch theories you you've been told are the right thing or however it is communicated to you dig dig deeper go to the source find more information talk to people who have more knowledge about this and be more informed that will that will that will make sure that you're not misinformed if someone the the couple of um, celebrities that have actually gone on record saying that they feel sorry for people who eat burgers and gigi hadi eats burgers i wasn't talking about gigi hadi She came on Jimmy Fallon, and both of them shared a book. Yeah, so so you need to find you need to find her trainer. <laughs> of course, I need to find her first. <laughs> okay, Jimmy Fallon, if you are listening. <laughs> I mean, something that uh, was brought to my notice, like some clients and some members have actually shared some videos that they've seen that okay, this celebrity is saying this. Is it true? there's some actress some tv actress who went on who on an interview said that you know i only do zumba i don't want to go to a gym and lift weights because i don't want to look all muscly and i'm like saying that you're going to go to a gym and if you pick up weights you're going to look muscly is like i don't want to learn how to drive a car because i'm going to end up beating lewis hamilton in the formula 1 world championship <laughs> this is great prasanna thanks a lot for coming over and sharing your perspective hey thank you guys for having me I'm sure it's going to help quite a bit of people to get on with their fitness goals. Hey there. Thanks for listening to the podcast. A big thank you to Prasanna for sharing his knowledge and perspective. As always, hope to see your comments and feedback on social media. Until then, take care, stay healthy and get fitter.